بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Inshallah, as we end this day, which was full of important reminders, spiritual rejuvenation, talks of eminent scholars, it is an opportunity to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allowed us to be in such a gathering. It is only through the mercy, benevolence, and through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to attend such gatherings. As we know, we've heard that it is these gatherings in which the angels, they descend, in which mercy and tranquility descend, the gatherings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself mentions to the angels in praise, that these are my servants, they have taken time out of their schedules, they have sacrificed their dunya to focus on their deen. The sacrifice of the human being for the dunya and focusing on the deen is a very important aspect of the human's life. It is the point of test for the human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see in his ibtila, in his test of the human being, that when this human being is put at a crossroads, who does he choose? Does he choose Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or does he choose a finite, limited, world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, مَنْ كَانَ يُرِيدُ حَرْثَ الْآخِرَةِ نَزِدْ لَهُ فِي حَرْثِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَ يُرِيدُ حَرْثَ الدُّنْيَا نُؤْتِهِ مِنْهَا وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ نَصِيبِ A person who desires this world will get this world. But it is the hereafter that is of true benefit and of lasting value. So we should take a moment in our hearts and upon our tongues to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now I'll speak very briefly, inshallah. The topic of this reminder is the etiquettes of sleep. And as we unwind ourselves um, and we get ready to go to sleep, there are many lessons that we can benefit from in this regard. So this topic, I'll break it down into three parts so that we can e easily understand. The etiquettes of sleep. So we'll talk about sleep, we'll talk about the etiquettes, and then we'll talk about the etiquettes of sleep. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He created the human being, and when He created the universe, He gave meaning to the things that we see around us. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا لَاعِبِينَ And when he says, أَفَحَسِبْتُمْ أَنَّمَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ عَبَثًا These verses, they remind us that everything around us have a purpose, meaning they have a deeper meaning. For example, if we're talking about sleep, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have created the human being in such a way that he does not need sleep. But the human being does need sleep. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him that way. 
And so we must ask ourselves, what is the reason for this? When we do this, we will gain a deeper appreciation for not only Islam, and I will elaborate on that further, but we will have a deeper meaning in life. We will live our lives with such meaning and purpose as other people can't find. There are many meanings and benefits that we can find in sleep. Sleep is a metaphor. Sleep is a symbol that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put before us. The first of these is that sleep reminds the human being of their own weakness. Sleep is a daily reminder from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the human being that, oh my slave, you are weak. Oh my slave, from the day you are born till the day you die, you are in constant need of my support, of my strength, of my help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this quite clearly in the Quran when he says, وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا A universal statement that this human being has been created weak from the time we come from our mother's wombs. We are in need of our parents. We are in need of assistance for every little thing. And throughout our lives, this continues. This does not end. No matter how great a person becomes prominent, strong, yet they are in constant need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to breathe, to sleep, to eat. Their bodies, their minds, they are constantly in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this sleep is a great reminder of that. Everyone must sleep. The king sleeps just as the beggar sleeps. The healthy sleep just as the sick sleeps. Who is the one who does not sleep? That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum. La ta'khuduhu sinatun wa la nawm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who does not feel weary, tired. He is the one whose sleep does not overtake him. And so this is a reminder for us of our own weakness and dependence upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a blow to the arrogance of the human being. That when the human being is reminded that they are weak, then they understand that they must turn to that that being who is not weak. They must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reason he mentions this in the Qur'an, is because the Jews used to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth and it did not tire him in the least. Whereas we, after a day's work, 12 hours, 15 hours, we are tired, we are exhausted mentally and physically. We are ready to retire to our beds. And so we should keep this point in mind. The second point that we can understand from sleeping is that it is a metaphor for this life and the hereafter. This life is like sleep. The hereafter is like reality. When we go to sleep and we dream, it seems so real to us. We're eating, walking around, drinking, interacting with people. It seems so real. And yet when we wake up, we realize that it was all a mirage. It was a dream. It had no reality. If we 
made money in our dreams, we wake up without any money. If we had an enjoyable meal, a delicious meal in our sleeps, we wake up feeling unfulfilled. If our thirst was quenched in our dreams, we wake up feeling thirsty and unquenched. My dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُ وَلَعِبُ وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ This life is nothing but play. It is not the reality of the universe. This is a temporal right, life. A very miserable existence compared to the eternal and perfect existence of the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions many examples of this of the, from the kuffar on the day of judgment. They will be turning to each other saying, how long do you think we were in our graves? How long do you think we were in this world? قَالَ كَمْ لَبِثْتُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ عَدَدَ سِنِينَ قَالُوا لَبِثْنَا يَوْمًا أَوْ بَعْضَ يَوْمٍ They will be asked, how long did you stay in this world? They will say, a day or part of a day. It will seem like a dream to them. When you wake up from sleep, and someone asks you, how long were you sleeping? That's the answer that we give. I was sleeping for the night. I was sleeping for part of the day. This entire existence that we spend our days and nights worrying about, striving towards, worried and anxious about, striving to gain the wealth and status and material pleasures of this world, on the day of judgment, it will seem as if it was just a dream. It was as if you slept for a day or part of a day and then woke up. And so this is the second reminder that the example of this life compared to the hereafter is the example of the one who is dreaming compared to the one who is awake. And the third point I will mention about the significance of sleeping and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or some possible reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this concept is to remind us is to remind us that we need to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. We need to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is not weak. We need to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is with us at all times. We need to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who can fulfill our needs. And none other than Him can fulfill our needs. So that was about sleep. The second thing we'll talk about is the etiquettes. Why is it in our deen that everything from the smallest thing to the largest thing has been prescribed to us by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, explained to us, elaborated for us? Why were we not left to our own devices? We can do what we want. We can be free and choose whatever path we want. Why is it that we must sleep a certain way? That we must eat a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way. What is the reason for this? My dear brothers, first of all, in understanding freedom, we must understand what freedom is. In this life, we must choose who we submit to. There is no such thing as absolute freedom. That belongs to Allah alone. That belongs to the all-powerful the one who is not limited by any limitations. But for us who are weak and limited, 
we must choose who we submit to. Either we submit to our own desires or we submit to other human beings who are flawed and imperfect as well. Or we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has no flaws and He is complete and perfect. My dear brothers, this is the true freedom. The true freedom is the submission of the limited to the unlimited. The submission of the imperfect to the perfect. The submission of the human to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is true freedom. And it is in this freedom that we find ourselves freed from the chains of subservience to our own desires and nafs and to the whims of other human beings. My dear brothers, why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed for us each and every little thing? It is a matter of perspective. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah mentions His wisdom 97 times in the Qur'an. Everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does comes from His wisdom, His knowledge. And sh so should we be left to our own limited intellects? Or should we, should we gain guidance from the vast and unlimited knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? My dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ In following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, we have the best example. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ The greatest example that we can follow is the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, الْمَرْءُ مَعَ مَنْ أَحَبُ the person will be in the hereafter with the one he loved. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the greatest of all human beings, the greatest of all prophets. So it's only befitting for us that we strive to be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the day of judgment. And so one very clear benefit of these etiquettes, and one tangible one that we can feel, is that every time we follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we are reminded of him. And we feel that connection to him. And we can feel ourselves gaining in closeness to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a closeness that will be reflected on the day of judgment when we are resurrected with him and we stand with him and through the will of, and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we enter Jannah with him as well. And so these are some benefits of following the etiquettes of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'll end by mentioning 10 etiquettes from the many etiquettes of sleep. There are many that come in the books, and we should always strive to implement these in our lives. We cannot learn them all in one day or one night. But if we learn one every week and we implement it, throughout the years and throughout the months, inshallah, every action that we do, consciously and unconsciously, it will be done according to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and will become embodiments of the sunnah. People who are confident in their faith, who are confident in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So we begin by intention. The first is that when we go to bed today, we should correct our intentions. Why are we sleeping? We are sleeping to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to gain rest so that we can continue growing and learning 
especially tomorrow, a day that is packed with activities and lectures and programs. We should sleep with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should sleep keeping in mind the things that I mentioned previously. Sleep is a reminder for us. And we should sleep with the intention of waking up for tahajjud. Inshallah, I believe there's a program for suhoor, there's a program for tahajjud. These are opportunities that we do not gain in our ordinary lives and throughout the week, wherever we may be. To be with a group of people who are spiritually inclined, people who want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are part of a community that seeks to implement the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in their lives. This is a huge blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we sleep with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the opportunity that He has given us. The second point is that sleeping is a very good opportunity for muraqaba. And throughout our day, we might not get the time to reflect on our actions. And yet, self-reflection is a very integral part of our faith and of our deen. It's very important. This muraqaba, we may not have time to do it throughout our day. But if we take five minutes or a couple minutes before our sleep, as we sit in our beds, reflect upon our day. How did I spend my day? Did I spend it? Did I waste any time? Did I say some things I should not have said? Did I do some things I should not have done? Is there a way I could have utilized my time better? Could I have worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more? Could I have corrected my intentions when I was doing such and such action? Should I have, could I have profited spiritually in some way that I did not? All these questions we should ask ourselves as we sit in our bed before sleeping. Muraqaba, reflect upon your day. How did I spend my day? And how can I spend it better tomorrow? If we do this every day throughout our lives, we can only grow as Muslims. The third point is that we should forgive everyone before we go to sleep. This death and sleep is akin to death. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran, Allahu yatawaffal anfusa hina mawtiha wallati lam tamut fi manamiha. Sleep is akin to death. Some Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes their souls and does not return it. And some Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes their souls as in sleep, but then returns it to them when they wake up. And so we do not know if we will wake up tomorrow. And this is a real question that we should ask ourselves. I don't know. Will I wake up tomorrow? And so we should sleep with no regrets. And so we should forgive everyone. Forgive everyone for whatever difficulty they may have put us through. And we should make an intention, a long intention of living our entire lives according to the commands of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That way we will be raised on the day of judgment as a person who had lived their lives according to the commands of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The fourth point is to pray witr salah. For the people who feel that they may not wake up before Fajr Salah. This comes in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. He says, Man khafa alla yaquma min akhiril layl, falyutir awwalah. Wa man tama'a an yaquma akhirahu, falyutir akhiral layl, fa inna salata akhiril layli mashhuda, wa thalika afdal. The person who feels that they may not wake up for in time to pray witr salah before Fajr Salah, then they should pray before they go to sleep. However, praying in the last part of the night is better. That is the time when the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends, when the angels descend, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes those announcements that we hear about. Is there any person who has any desire, any demand that I can fulfill for him? 
Is there any person who seeks forgiveness that I may forgive him? And so the angels witnessed those times. So we should strive to wake up at the end of the night. The fifth point is that we should make wudu and sleep on our right sides. We should always be in a state of tahara, state of purity. And we should sleep on our right sides. This comes in the hadith of Rasulullah when he says, إِذَا أَتَيْتَ مَضْجَعَكْ فَتَوَضَّعْ وُضُوءَكَ لِلصَّلَاةِ ثُمَّ اضَّجَعْ عَلَى شِقِّكَ الْأَيْمَنِ We should sleep on our right sides. The sixth point is Tasbih Fatimi. We have heard about this. Fatima radiallahu anha, the wife of Ali radiallahu anhu, complained to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam about the difficulties she faced in serving in the household and all the different responsibilities that she had. And she asked for a servant. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, instead of giving her a material remedy, he gave her a spiritual remedy. And that was that he said, Say subhanallah 33 times before you sleep, alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 33 times. So we should practice this before we go to sleep. The seventh point is that we should say the three quls. Qul huwallahu ahad, qul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq, and qul a'udhu bi rabbil nas before we go to sleep. This comes in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Kana idha akhada madja'ahu nafatha fi yadayhi wa qara'a al-mu'awidhat wa masaha ala wajhih. That he used to raise his hands, read these three quls, blow, and then wipe his entire body. The eighth point, we should make the dua of sleeping. We are familiar with some dua, some ad'iyah, and unfamiliar with others. So we should make it a point to continuously learn about the sunnah of Rasulullah One night we can read one dua, the other night we can read the other dua. I'll read some of these ad'iyah so that we can learn them. One is, Allahumma qini athabak yawma tab'athu ibadak. Allahumma qini athabak. O Allah, protect me from your punishment on the day when you resurrect your slaves, your servants. This is one dua that Rasulullah used to make. Another dua that perhaps we are all familiar with is Allahumma bismika amutu wa ahya. O Allah, in your name or by your name, I pass away and I wake up. And a third dua that we can say that is a little bit longer, but that is beautiful in meaning. Is Bismika Rabbi Wadartu Jambi Wabika Arfaru Fa in Amsekta Nafsi Farhamha Wa in Arseltaha Fahfadha Bima Tahfadu Bihi Ibadaka Salihin Bismika Rabbi Wadartu Jambi O Allah, it is in your name that I put my side on my bed Fa in Amsekta Nafsi Farhamha My soul is going out to you If you hold my soul and do not return it to my body Then please have mercy on it and if you return it to my body, then protect it with that which you protect your noble servants. The ninth point is that we should make it a point to not sleep on our stomachs. This was disliked by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He saw someone sleeping on his stomach and he says, This is a position of sleep that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like. And so we should sleep our, on our sides and not on our stomachs. And the final point is that we should read Ayatul Kursi. Ayatul Kursi is one of the most profound verses in the entire Quran. And there is much we can learn from it. We should memorize it, we should learn its meaning. 
We know it's Allahu la ilaha illa al hayyul qayyum. One of the virtues is that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions, La yazalu ma'aka min Allahi hafiz, wa la yaqrubuka shaytan hatta tusbih. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will appoint an angel to protect you throughout the night, and shaytan will not approach you until you wake up in the morning. How amazing is that? Subhanallah. And so these are 10 points that I mentioned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to practice upon what we have heard and to reflect upon our day and to gain a deeper understanding of our faith and a confidence in practicing our, our faith. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.